Amazing. It's your intro. I know. Uh, let me just think about it. Right. Um, how, how hyped do you want me to be for this? Like a solid level of hype. Not over the over the mark, but... Okay. It's a, it's a season finale. You're allowed to do a little bit of hype. Are you right to count me in? Yeah, yeah, if you want. Cool. Five, four, three, two... Welcome to In for Black Archive End of Season Review. I'm Owen and down the line is James Stevenson. We have made it to the end of yet another season, which can mean only one thing. It's time to rank the episode. Last time, James and I sent the edge of destruction for bottom of season one. Which which one will be attempting to avoid that sad place? Will it be murder mystery planet of giants? <laughs> or the attempt at humour for Romans? But it's not just the negatives we're looking at. <laughs> But it's not just for negatives we're looking at. Last time we disagreed on who came out on top place, but who will it be this time? With two Dalek episodes to look at, and also an introduction to a new Time Lord. There's lots of new pickings. But that's not all we'll be doing. We'll be testing the metal of our former winners. <laughs> Last time we gave Ian Chesterton for the best companion awards. Will he keep that top space, or will Barbara come and take it along? We also have an introduction of four new categories for best side character. <laughs> Alongside the best F and worth baddie. So. Let's get this thing started and play for the intro. So hello James. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, the, the last thing you said to me in the old universe was, how much hype do you want? And I said, oh, maybe... Maybe a touch vibe. <laughs> you know for a fact. You know for a fact. No, oh, you know for a fact that you're gonna have to like raise the bar now. This yeah. is what you've done. You've, you've set yeah. standards for these season finale intros now. Um, you're gonna have to keep it like going up. So, I, I just have to say two things, right? So, you know how a few weeks ago when we couldn't remember whose intro it was, so I went, "You do it," because I want to do the outro. Intro oh, for yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this all makes sense now. I planned this. Um, also, I had fully planned to ask you beforehand how, how over the top do you want me to be, so I can include that as of like a little. Um, <laughs> I, I figured if you said don't go too bad, too over the top, it'd be hilarious. If you went over the top, it'll still probably pass your expectations, so it would equally be amazing. No, I think you were safe on all, on all responses. You were saying, oh my God. <laughs> um, so anyway, so it's the end of season review. So we are now going to look at what we thought of this season. It's the oh. last one before the great apocalypse, essentially, of episodes where they all kind of went, disappeared for three seasons. So we won't have much to talk about the next few seasons, but we've got a full, close to a full set. We've got eight episodes. Yeah, eight out of nine. There's only one. There's only one story we're missing. Yeah, in two, which is the crusade. Yes. So last time we started off with going um, bottom to up. Shall we do that again? What on our um, episode ranking? We're going to go straight in with that. Yeah, I, I think so. See, I have an idea for this. What if? What if you actually did it the other way? So you do the individual awards and then do the season ranking at the end in reverse. Okay. Yeah, we can do that. I don't know. That that feels like the big one to me. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, yeah, all right. So, um, cool. 
yeah, you decide which order we go through the um, the other awards, though. Okay, I'm just going to top to bottom what we've got. So, Perfect. best companion, have you changed your mind for me and Jeston? Uh, the answer to that question, Owen, um, while I compose myself from what just happened, is yes. Oh, <laughs> yes, have I you? have. Who is your favourite companion? Changed, I've changed mine. Um, tell you what, let me, let me hear yours first. I'll just tease the fact that I've, I've changed mine. Have you changed yours? No. I no. still think Ian Jeston, for me, is still the solid... Okay. Well, my my favourite has swapped this season to Barbara. I thought it did. I, I hinted at it in the intro, if you heard that bit. <laughs> Honestly, there's very little I heard over the sound of the, the, the drums, the synth, and more importantly, me spluttering. Because <laughs> I did break about 20 seconds in. <laughs> I couldn't do anything. <laughs> yeah, for me it's Barbara, because with Ian... I think the issue was he was great first season, but then he didn't develop at any point this whole season, whereas Barbara did. Yeah, I, I, I feel like both of them struggled in that behalf. I think they both struggled with any sort of development. Yeah, I, I, I agree in some respects. I think what, what puts it over the edge for me, at least, is how good Barbara was in Dalek Invasion of Earth. Yeah. Like how good that was. And yeah, after that, she doesn't do an awful lot, but she has moments in Romans and Space Museum... Yeah. that are decent and, and yeah ian just kind of does the same without much change but ian's still mm. all right it's just yeah barbara was doing a bit more this season for me so switching it from back to best let's go to worst susan okay and not... <laughs> i just i just <laughs> mind that has your worst companion changed uh, but mine's changed is it vicky no oh is it Stephen? No. We haven't had a companion. It's Ian Chesterton. Is it? Yes. Uh, oh, so he's your worst season of worst companion like, overall. Like I said, no development happens. Mm. The thing with every other companion, development happens. Yeah. So Barbara develops. Vicky comes in obviously mid-season, but she does develop. And by Medler, she's actually doing pretty well. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> even Stephen has more development in the first um his first episode see mm. what i did there even steven that mm. was accidental um whereas ian just doesn't it's you know he's not actually the worst companion but because he does the least developing yeah this season he is the least successful companion this season yeah i've kept susan there because i don't i still feel like i'd rather have ian on the street screen compared to susan yeah I, that's completely fair point. so that's think... why i've left susan on there yeah, I think the only reason I didn't was because of Dalek Invasion of Earth. Yeah. And how they wrote her out was good. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm going to be saying a lot of that about Dalek Invasion of Earth, honestly. I think, need, they'll I need to be like a tally chart. I think every single time there's a positive thing about this season, it's going to come back to that one. Inevitably, it does. I mean, there's there's what, there's what another episode, obviously, that's good if you listened last week. But mm. there's, yeah, there's a few things, but it's mainly Dalek, isn't it? Yeah. So best setting, I've got a feeling it's going to go back on what we've just said. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you first. I've got Dalek Invasion of Earth for best setting. You've got Dalek Invasion. Of Earth. I don't actually. Ooh. I that's easily the second best setting. Have you chose Monk? Yeah, I have chose Monk. Yeah, I've gone with Northumbria. Mm. I don't know. There's just there's something about the way they capture it that's really just chimes with me. Yeah, I think the thing which I have with Dark Invasion of Earth is that I can see how that work, that world operates without the Doctor being involved. Yeah, that but is true. I'm not sure 
how it operates post him leaving. Yeah, I mean that, we're, that's we're that's what I'm Medler, thinking right? through. Yeah, Medler. Yeah. Okay. Um. That that's kind of that's why I've got, kept Dalek Invasion of Earth at the top for me. See, I think there's a there's a very subtly tragic note about that because, effectively, what the Doctor does is yeah he solves he solves the sort of plan that the Medler's got or the mm. Monks got, but at the same time he's essentially condemning that way of living in Northumbria to death because the Normans are going to invade and take over the whole country because mm. what he does. So it's it's almost like a weird. It's left as a snapshot in time. It's I don't know. It's a nice setting that's well yeah. realised. I really like Daleks one, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I kind of wanted to give a shout out to that one more. It's good that we're disagreeing a lot yeah. this time, because yeah. last time we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> this time we've obviously gone on different tacks, yeah. which is good. Have you changed right. your have you changed your worst setting? Um I can't ch- remember what ch- you, I can't remember what your last worst setting was. Well, yeah, I would have... Owen, I have a feeling... Have we... Because uh, I've only done this for season two's things, mm-hmm. rather than one and two. Yes. So, if it's from one, I will have changed it, because I'm only considering things from two. Uh, I've left in things from two, if I you don't have think... Left... So Yeah, okay. So, I've left in, say, my worst setting one is still censorised, because I still think the settings were a bit dodgy. Okay, I mean, I've I've definitely changed it because there's nothing in here from season one. Everything is season yeah. two. Yeah. Okay. But but yeah, I mean, if I had to, if I had to compare it mm. to the last one, because I seem to remember hell. What did I say? I can't remember. I can't it was remember. Edge. Um. Yeah. Either way, I think I've changed it. I went with Web Planet. Okay. Because it's just so. It's just too weird. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah. It's just, it's so weird that, like, I, I admire the effort into it because mm. they went for it, but it's so odd and out there and they try to give all the, the Monoptera and the Zabi names and it just never translates across and there's this strange mythology about the ones underground, but it's all kind of lost amidst yeah. the, the, the costuming and the noises. So you just lose what would have been a very good setting becomes, it just becomes incoherent. Yeah. Okay. I enjoyed watching it, though. Mm. Those images have haunted many a nightmare I've had recently. Yeah. Especially for terribly blurred lenses. Like, <laughs> like... I don't understand why they thought that would be a good idea for the viewing public. Do you reckon someone had just had Vaseline on the day? I don't know. Like, it's the most on the lens. questionable thing to do, because it makes it so much harder just to see what's going on for no actual gain. I think the fact that episode is six long as well. Mm. It's almost like on top of you kind of madness. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So, best story end. I think you know what I'm going to say, and I think I know what you're going to say. Sh- shall we say in an in account of three? Let's hope it's the same. <laughs> three, two, two one. Dalek invasion. Dalek Earth. invasion of Earth. Yes. Yep. Yep. That. I. I don't think en- anything has beaten it, even within the first season. It's still the best ending. The speech is just the right length. It gets all the emotional cuts. I still think en- it how they all survive is a bit hit and miss, but other than that, it's still perfect. Yeah, I think how they get to the last scene, you can have comments about, sure. Mm. 
but if you take the last scene out of its context and just place it in there, it's pretty much perfect. Yeah. Like on any creative level, it's a really, really good scene. Yeah. It's one of the, it's probably the best scene in the whole series, actually. Like even discounting whether it's an ending or not, I actually think that's the best scene in the whole series. Yeah, it, Dark Invasion of is definitely for most interesting, for most solidly made. Yeah. Um, have anything else to say about it? What about the whole episode in general? Uh, no, the just the ending. Uh, the fact that I could know for a fact that Susan would end up with David was nice. It's nice to know David is yeah. living out his life successfully. So, I, for worst story end, I've kept it the same as last time for sensor rights. Yeah, you've gone with sensor rights. I think if I, if I was doing it how you would have done, yeah. I'd have probably said similar. I think yeah. I would have probably stuck with the sensor rights. Obviously, I haven't. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I've gone with season two stuff, and mine is Planet of Giants. Yeah, because that entire episode is just weird and doesn't make much sense. It's very clumsy, and I feel like the main flaw with that, and I seem to remember saying it when we did the podcast, was whatever the Doctor and them are doing is not affecting what the other no. characters are doing. No, there's no point in them being there. I said in the introduction, it's a murder mystery. It's not a murder mystery. We instantly know what's going on. Yeah, we know that we already know all the tension. We're kind of just waiting for it to resolve and take its natural course. And and yeah, like they they set off that fire, but the fire doesn't affect the fact that the policeman shows up. It just happens to be a fire there while the policeman does. Yes, yeah. yeah. It. But we'll discuss more about its general failings. But the ending. <sighs> yeah, just one of those where if you've ever been to writing yeah. school. You could use that as an example th- and go, do not do that. I think the only reason for me if Centrite beats it out is because Centrite literally just goes, and we resolved that problem. The end of story is now here. <laughs> no, I totally agree. Like I said, if I was yeah. doing one and two, I'd have had that in there because it is just like we've had a six part story and we decide, oh, actually, there are just humans down here. That's, oh, what do you mean there was an administrator causing prop? Don't worry, he's been dealt with now. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. It just makes no sense. <laughs> Off you go. We've yeah. run out of budget. <laughs> Time and money have now ran out. So please find the exit by the back. <laughs> you just suddenly see an alarm going. Yeah. going We've reached the end of the day. <laughs> just, just a screaming alarm, which brings us on to the best scream. That was you managed to segue that. <laughs> yes. Owen, what what is your best scream? Because I, I think I feel like you've got a better mind for remembering these really specific moments than I do. Uh, it's still for guy falling down the trap door in Kids Marinus. Nothing will ever <laughs> no, that beat is that. The best one. Nothing yeah, will I ever think... beat that in my eyes. But because I did only do stuff from season two, I do have another contender we can at least discuss. Ooh any of the noises made during the final scene in the rescue. What was that? Oh yeah, when he's falling down. And... <laughs> when they're just like, and then he just walks off out of a door, just screams his way down. It just makes no it's bad. I think in terms of the scream itself, it's, yeah. it's Marinus, hands down. In terms of the context leading up to the scream, adding to the quality of the scream, I think that's a genuine contender. <laughs> um, so going from the best scream, the best side character. 
Okay. Uh, have you stuck with the season one one? Uh, no, because this one here is a new one, so I didn't do any of season one oh, stuff. Of course, yeah, no, we're, new these one. are some new awards. Yeah, aren't this they? for new awards. Because we've got we've got a few new awards. Because I seem yeah. to think that the next five are all new. Uh, yes. Yeah, so these are five new awards, listeners. Feel blessed. Yes. I think you know then what my one is. Almost certainly. It it's <laughs> he his his last name he shares his last name with a can of soup. But last names don't matter when your first name <laughs> is as evocative, as rich, layered, textured as David from Dark Invasion of Earth. Yeah, I, I jokingly was going to say Morton Dill, but yes, in, in seriousness, <laughs> yes, David Campbell is well. If you fucking put Morton Dill. I put David <laughs> Campbell slash Morton. <laughs> right, fine, fine, that's allowed. I did a jokey one followed by, I did a serious one followed by a jokey. I, I will completely allow Morton Dill as an option because he is funny when he's there. Yeah. It just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> his, his, his use in that episode is just makes no sense at all. On a serious level, taking away my um, bisexualness um, out of the picture, David is is a genuinely decently written character. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. All of the characters in Dalek Invasion of Earth are they all got more than two dimensions to them. You understand why they're there, what they're doing. You understand what separates them. Which surprisingly, for all of the side characters in this season is the key point. We know what separates all of these characters. Because if you look at all the mm. other side characters we've got, say, in uh, the chase with the fish creatures, or, yeah, uh, as you were saying before, with the web planet, we've got no clue what separates out all of these different people. But in yeah. Dark Invasion of Earth, we do. And you also have, like, in Space Museum, you have those, like, Aryan-looking ones. Mm that um, are all just incredibly similar looking, let alone different in character. So you just get confused yeah. with half the episode side characters and you, you don't even know they had names because they've just left you so perplexed. But the thing with David and, and actually, yeah, all the characters almost in Dalek Invasion of Earth, the trick is, and this is a good writing tip in general, so anyone who, anyone who fancies having a go at writing, this is actually something that's good to use. Um, if, you're, if you need a character to not do much, but you still want to make them have a bit of depth, have them feel good, just focus on two or three things. Give them a name that's memorable, not something mm-hmm. really boring. Yeah. Give them something that they clearly want. Yeah. That's that's absolutely clear and black and white. And then give them some kind of a quirk or a flaw. If you can do yeah. that, you've got a three-dimensional character. It's a very thin three-dimensional character, but if you're only going to use them for two or three scenes, perfect. That's all you need. So now we need to look into how we kill the side characters off for best death. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I, have a, I have an interesting one for this. I'm not even sure whether it counts, but I'm going to say it anyway after you tell me yours. Um, mine's best death for all the worst reasons. It's got to be Carquillian slash Bennett. They're death <laughs> falling off it. It's, <laughs> I think... it's the worst. It's it's not because it's amazingly done. It's because it's just the best. It stands out. It, as you've already said with the best scream, it's the most stupid way to go. It is the if I if there's an image that stuck out this season as just being what it's it's that whole sequence. Yeah. 
them arriving in like because they're in like a sort of chapel thing yeah. right and yeah. there's these great big monuments and finishings around them and you think you're in this epic stage being set for these two intellectuals to to do battle and then all of a sudden <laughs> it, it is for best but for worse reasons oh what, exactly what did you choose I have not gone with that simply because I knew someone would and also I'd mentioned it before in the screen and yeah. you know, there was something I wanted to mention that's the best death in terms of how satisfying it is. Okay. Which is when um, in Dalek Invasion of Earth, mm-hmm. Barbara has hijacked the van and is driving up towards the base and there are Daleks in the way and oh, she just goes straight through Daleks. one. Yeah. It's just brilliant. Oh, yeah. It's not funny, but it's well, it's it's half funny, but it's yeah. really satisfying. It's a satisfying way for them to die. Just get, just a Dalek getting t-boned. <laughs> it's a hell, of, it's a hell of an image. Yeah. Um, different horses, different courses. Though. Yeah. So, best baddie, but we've got a rule for this category. We do, yeah, and it's it's quite a good rule. It's. Best baddie, excluding the Daleks. Because, because we both know that the Daleks are the best one. <laughs> yeah, I always hate it in awards or in competitions where you always know the popular one will get the top place. So I wanted to get rid of that and get rid of the Daleks. The Daleks are not in this running. I mean, it, shout out to the Daleks, but this is for this is to give everyone else a chance. Yeah. Let's put it this way. The fact we have to exclude them shows a lot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, who is your best baddie? Oh, obviously the monk. Yep, I had the monk. No, clearly. Yeah, he's the most interesting. He he, he brings charm to it, which I don't think any of the other ones did. Yeah. I mean, there's... You can have a mention of a few others. Uh, the guy from Space Museum is, mm. is kind of having fun with the scenery, and he's, he's not incredible, but, you know, he's a good bit of fun. I... I struggled, oddly enough, between the monk and Carquillian. Really? Yeah, because I think Carquillian had... He was just so much different compared to all the other baddies we had. He's unique, yeah. He, he, I'll, he, I'll give you that. He stood out in my head as being someone who had... Not for different motives, he just wanted to kill people, but different reasons of being there and how he adapted everything and then the twist as well at the end was an actual good twist which i think lots of people even with doctor who's clunky writing wouldn't have noticed yeah it was it was cleverly done and i like the fact that deep down i mean he's just a bit of a messed up guy yeah um you know there's nothing special about him he is just a messed up bloke who's made mistakes and is running away from them yeah so yeah it's an interesting dynamic with him I was going to mention, probably not the best reasons, Nero is memorable. Okay. Not in good ways, but he is memorable. Which episode is he from? This is from the Romans. Okay, yeah. Which yeah. I haven't even mentioned the Romans yet, man. Um, yeah, because he, at least he's like a memorable character. Obviously he has flaws, mainly the whole chasing every woman he sees within 50 yards of him around. Yes. Uh, but, <laughs> but kind of, you know, because I know that the actor... Who plays him uh, was really well known at the time. Yeah, and agreed to do it, and really had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, and wasn't afraid to not take himself seriously. So I admire that 
but yeah, the monk is really a cut apart, every, uh, yeah, cut above everything else. There we go. Yeah, a question which I was going to actually ask you last week about the monk, but I forgot to. Oh yeah. Um, when they were looking at bringing an evil time lord back in the third Doctor era, and they brought in the master, hmm. how would you have felt if they? kept on for monk instead of creating a new time lord do you know what i almost have like a if there's like a two answers to this i almost have yeah. a third one which yeah. is what if we just say that the monk is the master because okay. i was spending that whole fourth episode thinking yeah but this is just a great master isn't it yeah because it, it does function in that same way yeah and the characters have those similarities i i think there's differences, and the monk's kind of a little more classy about things. I, I think the monk, in his heart, wants things to be better. Yeah. But I don't think the master does. The master is a chaotic evil, and the monk is a chaotic neutral, or even a chaotic good. Yeah. We may disagree with how he gets there, but his intentions are good. Yeah, he he's just doing things in the wrong way. And I think that's what makes the, the back and forth between him and the Doctor so compelling in that episode is the fact that mm. really they want the same things to a lot of extents, but they're going about it in completely different ways. And that's clever writing. Yeah. Um, worst Paddy, which I think is going to be an interesting one. There have been... I mean, we've mentioned Nero not being particularly good. Uh we can talk about the fella from Planet of Giants if we wanted. Yeah. For you, being as unmemorable as he see, is. The issue with with Planet of Giants they have so little interaction with the other people, I have trouble seeing them as a baddie. Yeah, I mean they kill someone. That's yeah. usually a good sign of yeah, being but a bad person. In terms of our main characters. Yeah, they don't I mean it's, that's just the problem with Planet of yeah. Giants in a wider yeah. sense, yeah. they don't interact, but yeah. What have you gone for? Mechanoids. Uh, all the options. The mechanoids. Because they are just basically not on screen. They're just there to be there. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. They do nothing. Like, for, for most we get seeing them, <laughs> of them is them walking past a cage of humans. And then a they are a terrible fight sequence. They're almost ancillary. It's the classic, well, we just needed somebody there. We're not going to make any yeah. effort into it. I have gone with the Zabi. Okay. And the reason I've gone with the Zabi is because that damn noise. <laughs> <laughs> two and a half listeners, two and a half hours. Two and a half hours. And I did I didn't break this up. I watched this in one block. I just went through it all. Ooh. Two and a half hours of that noise. I okay. If I didn't suffer from tinnitus before. I've got it now, lads. Uh, it is a relentless, irritating, attacking noise. Yeah. They also look stupid. They do look stupid, yes. <laughs> I'll be honest, the only reason why I didn't choose them is because the mechanoids just have no purpose of being. Yeah, at least the Zabi actually do have a purpose. Yeah. So I'll give yeah. you that. Yeah. Mechanoids are probably worse now I think about it. Yeah. I still stand by what I'm saying. But... Yeah. Yeah. Um, expectation failure of a season. So, so how would you explain this award to the listeners, Owen? So the one which you went into it thinking, this actually could be quite good. Or something in the like, first episode, you're thinking, oh, this seems quite interesting, this seems quite good. But then by the end, you're just thinking to yourself, what the hell does this even exist? All right. What did well, you choose? My answer to that question 
is unquestionably the chase. Same. Because that, when you consider that it's a Dalek story written by the same guy who just did Dalek Invasion of Earth, and you're talking about getting Barbara and Ian, the first two companions effectively, out of the show yeah, in that it, episode. It somehow doesn't manage to do anything coherently. Whether it be just basic storytelling or just getting rid of the main character in an impactful way. This is the same writer who did Susan's amazing exit. Yeah, that's the that's the crazy thing about it. I mean, this is Terry Nation. Terry Nation is about as iconic a person in the history of Doctor Who as you can find. He got your best place last time with um, Keats of Marinus overall. Hmm. So he can he write... The first three stories he did, so Daleks, Marinus, and Dalek Invasion of Earth, are all good. Are yeah. all good. Yeah. And yet this is... Uh, it's There are bits in it that are good. There are bits, but the problem is they don't link up well. Yeah. And so what you get, kind of as you alluded to, Owen, was, was this babbling kind of mess of things that didn't really line up. And then when something needed to happen that was emotionally resonant and that was serious, like Barbara and Ian going, it felt really rushed and mishandled and, and sudden and not planned for. I just don't know how it went wrong as it did. I think, I think they took... It feels like they took the elements which worked previously and completely misunderstood what made them work and did mm. that. It's like you've got the elements of Keith Maris where it's different locations every time. But then they did that, but then didn't give it that those different locations a different story, a different meaning or purpose, which resolved themselves. Because if you look at the first two parts, which in itself could have been a good short story, but it just doesn't have an ending. They just kind of run mm. away. They're like unresolved ideas. Yeah. It, it just <laughs> feels like they had some story ideas written on some post-it notes and just stuck them in a random order went, done. Yeah. Like, for example, the uh, the one where they get on the ship. Yeah. Five minutes skip, practically. And you know, I, I, I know we all love Morton Dill, but that whole sequence, yeah, that is that's sequ- like almost the whole episode. It's half the episode. Half it's Morton Dill, half it's the ship. Like, none of it's, it's got a reason to exist. Utterly bizarre. Yeah. It is like a side note. So yeah, Chase is easily, based on what it should have been, the most disappointing one. Yeah. Um, so, our penultimate category for worst thing the Doctor did. I I found this trickier. Yeah. Because there's actually not a lot wrong the Doctor does this, this season. He's yeah. kind of arced a bit and he's less of a of an asshole as he was yeah. in the first season and he's less curmudgeonly. I mean, there's even an argument to say it's leaving Susan behind in some ways. Mm. But... Yeah, I've I've gone for the majority of the rescue. Okay. Because during the rescue, the Doctor does kind of retrograde for a lot of the time into his old self. Yeah, he sort of tunes himself out, doesn't he? Yeah, cause, and I think that's to do with kind of Susan being on, so he kind of just tunes out all that emotion in him and yeah. becomes very, very cold in that episode and just seems like he's misleading people left and right. Yeah. Yeah, no, that works. There's no, like, big moment where I'm like, you complete prick. I think for me in this season, it's potentially him 
like this entire setup's terrible, but is him attempting to stop Ian and Barbara going home? Because they, they essentially have the mm. opportunity to go in front of them. He's just there going, no, I'm not doing it. I'm not letting you even try. And it takes Vicky Obviously. to step in and go, no, let them. Obviously, he does relent in the end. Yeah, he but, does relent. But I get that completely. That might be the one, actually. That that's for me for worst season. But as you say, he didn't particularly do anything too bad. Not too bad. And anything he did do bad, he kind of recovered. He was either recovered or justified in doing. I feel. Yeah, exactly. That's the best place to say it. And oh, that's a difficult one. Let's wreck on this now. Let's wreck on this now. I have. I have what I would call a very vague point, but I think mm-hmm. it needs to be addressed and, and kind of fits into this. But I'd like to hear yours first before I get into that. Um, just, as you say, very vague points, the constant repetitiveness of the formula. It's just exactly same, what I've said. It's the same thing over and over and over again. Like, if I'm going up and look at the list of episodes, I can say at least half of them potentially have used the same formula of bad guys take over, good guys place, we need to take it over. Or people get separate but mysteriously end up in the same place. It's just Mm. really repetitiveness. Really annoying. There are four episodes in this season alone which literally use the plot point of this was our planet but then these other people came, and now it's not our planet, and we'd like it back. And not to say it can't be done well. The Dalek Invasion of Earth does it amazingly. Yes. It also does the let separate and then accidentally end up in the right place amazingly. But then there's yes, other because it justifies it. But there's other areas like the Web Planet, um, the Space Museum. It just all just kind of turns itself into a bit of a mess. And the chase does it more than once. Yeah in all the different environments they go into. And, and well, actually, Terry Nation's pretty much done it in every story he has done. He yeah. has used this formula. Yeah. Um, but it's just in the chase. It's particularly poor when mm. you consider in the original Daleks one, it's handled well and you get a sense of the Thals and the Daleks and you kind of play them off. And then in Dalek Invasion of Earth, it's obviously going to be fine because it's us, which helps with the identification of it all. Yeah. But yeah, exactly. It's literally exactly what I said. I would say word for word, every episode involving a species oppressing another species on their own planet. Yeah, it's essentially the only sci-fi idea of what they've got is that. Mm. Pretty much every sci-fi episode, excluding for rescue, had that element. Yeah, and even the rescue toys with the idea that that element could be there, but then yeah. doesn't do it. Yeah, which is fine. So, let's move on to the rankings. So, for season rankings, let's start from the bottom. Yes. Um, I'm... Who's, who's going to go first? Should we kind of interweave? So, if I say one first, then you say the next one first, etc. Yes. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah. I don't know. It gives it like a yeah. nice structure. Yes. Who do you want to go first? Me or you? Um, tell you what. Um, I'll go first. Yeah. Because that means you can do like the number one. Okay. So, yeah, I, I'll make a start on the worst one. I think I know what I, it is. Because I think I've managed to earn the reputation on this podcast as being the slightly more cynical and sarcastic one of the two of us. Um, yeah, my worst episode of this season is 
Planet of Giants. Oh my god, that is such a big surprise. Is it yours, Planet of Giants? For some reason it is. How weird. <laughs> because it's such a perfect episode where everyone, everything is affected perfectly by the other half of the story. <laughs> It is like, such a ridiculous story. Like it's one of the few ones where it doesn't have the annoying beats, which we've already mentioned, but it's just terrible. It it tries something different, but has no idea how to do it. It's just awful. It's such a bad season opener as well. What's frustrating is the init- the initial concept. Everyone is small, is not bad. No. The initial idea that they might have to solve a murder mystery while in this size is not. It's not bad as well. No. But it never links up. I think, as you say there, like them solving a murder mystery is a good idea. The issue is they don't solve a murder mystery. The murder mystery solves itself and then they go home. <laughs> they get big, done. Yeah. And they don't. Need, there's not even an explanation as to how they just get back to normal size again. It's just, ah, we're normal no. size now. Oh, yeah. how convenient. Yeah, it just happens. It, it's just a bit... I don't know what else we can say about it. It's a really... <laughs> I mean, I remember the podcast. We were saying much the same. Uh, yeah, it's just a poor episode. Because I feel, but I feel now though, Owen, is where we're going to start differing. Yeah, if I had to this, start guessing, this point here is where we're going to start getting into different areas. I don't think what I think we're going to disagree, but I don't think this will be a shock for what I've chosen. Okay, what have you got more for Romans? Wow. Okay. Because you need to remember, on that episode, I spent the entire podcast of that episode just ranting about how bad it is you did yeah you really didn't like it <laughs> no. whereas i was a bit more sympathetic to it yeah it everything which i said in that episode it just it uses it attempts to use humor it failed it attempts to use the same story beats it fails it it just has random sexism for no reason it's got <laughs> terrible ending it's the only good part is when the camera falls on the, when the ship falls on the camera. The fact that the Giants is still number eight tells you something, listeners. Do not seek it out. Yeah. Like honestly, the only reason why it's not bottom is because the Planet of a Giant Planet of Giants doesn't have a story. Yeah, so low bar at the bottom this season. Yeah. But completely understandable rant. Yeah. What have you chosen for six? Not for six, seven. I I've thought long and hard about this and I've opted to go with the web planet. Ooh. Why is because this? Because my word has ever a story not justified six parts. Yeah, no, it it makes no effort to justify it. It uh, six parts, folks. It I think what we said another time was it's constantly going, but there's not much there. It feels like when you're watching it, which the pacing is fine, but there's just nothing actually going on. Yeah, what what I remember from it is a psychedelia trip of costuming that seemed to just be a way to use up whatever they had lying around that they could get hold of. Yeah. The story is absolutely insane yes and changes minute to minute and all the while you're expected to follow all those changes while um this noise is coming out of the the speakers and then you've got to deal with the monoptera the zabi and also the wingless monoptera ones 
Yeah. You're almost another thing in their own right. It is a bit much, isn't it? But the reason it gets off the bottom is because that flying effect still looks really, yes. really decent. Yes, it does look really good. So bonus points for that. Yeah. But not many bonus points. Right, your turn. Number six, then. Uh, my number six, um, and this shows you how disappointed by I was, is the chase. I share for number six place. Oh, wow. We have actually, we have shared them. Yeah, yeah, that shows you how much of a mess it is. I think the reason why I've put it, unlike you, underneath the web planet, is yeah. that while I don't like the web planet, I think it's a bit, as we we're saying, it's a bit gappy. There's not much going on in there. It still has a story. But Half the Chase doesn't have a story which connects to itself. See, I think I think with the chase, there is a story, but it's incredibly loose. It has... it's Sorry, you carry on. Sorry. No, you, you go in and then I'll say my whatever it, shit I go off. <laughs> it it has it has the story elements, yes. But half the episode time is spent doing other things. But like, mm. there's no point for them to go meet my favourite person, Morton Dill. There's no point for them to go to the ship. There's no point for them to go to the haunted house. There's no point for them to be in the same place where they were for the first two episodes. They don't exactly do much to solve the problem in the last two episodes. Like, there's just no reason for it to exist half the episodes. I feel like if they were on a two-episode count, the story and the outcome would have been pretty much identical. I fully agree with everything you said. I think the one thing I would say in its defense of that point is that at the very least there is a there is an excuse to do it initially, whereas, you know, okay, the Daleks are chasing them, they just need to go to any random place to, to try and just keep yeah. ahead. But it doesn't justify what happens in the random places because you could do so much more with them yeah. if you were thinking about their use in the story because really they just serve almost as comedy skits. Yeah, like if when the story it, doesn't suit it. If they did something in that time period to make it worth its existence, I don't think it would have been too bad. But it, they just don't. They're just there. Yeah, it's a huge issue. So, and then obviously Barbara and Ian's departure is just clunky, and it yeah. shouldn't be because they more than deserve a proper one that they don't really get. I mean, yeah, they get their kind of montage at the end to be happy, but. It's not set up well. No. Um, so, number five. Number five. For me, it's the Web Planet. The Web Planet's here for me now. It's Right, okay. It's there. It's pretty much the only reason why it isn't anywhere underneath five is because it didn't offend me in any way, and it has a a story of some form which I don't feel like the other ones well the Romans did have a story it just offended me deeply and the other ones didn't have a story <laughs> yeah that, that, that's, literally, that's literally the only reason it's in fifth place yeah I do, I do agree that with the web planet there is at least a semblance of a narrative going on it's just very difficult to, to stay with yeah um, but yeah you have to admire certain aspects of it I mean there is so much costuming and world building there they've clearly tried with the episode and I have to give them respect for that it's just for me personally, they shouldn't have tried. Let, let me just put it this way. The fact it's in fifth place, not last, is more of a image of this season 
than for Web Planet. Because mm. we've already gone through our bottom halves now, and these are all episodes that we just dislike. Yeah. Like, it's more an argument about what what makes them worse than the other persons. We haven't really talked about what makes them yeah, better. Yeah, pretty much. It's just like, oh, you know, this is slightly less bad yeah. in this particular area. Yeah. Yeah. So what is your fifth? My number five is the Romans. Yeah. Uh, it's... I don't get as offended by it. I, I, I think it's quite quirky and, and funny in stages, and I like the historical setting of it. Mm. I do like historical settings, maybe. Maybe I'm a bit of a stickler for that. Nero is absolutely stupid, but he is kind of funny. It's yeah. kind of funny to watch him. Um, I, I think you can have really different viewpoints on this, but the whole gamut where Barbara and Ian and the Doctor and Vicky are in the same place but they don't notice the pair, sort of each other's pair mm. it just I, I can see why me. you find that annoying but obviously, but I kind of look at that and go well actually Russell T Davies did a similar trick at the start of series 3 with the Doctor and Martha for a bit, yeah. so it's not that that trick doesn't work I think the issue for me is that they were literally in the same rooms occasionally and just so blatantly just setting it up it just didn't work for me maybe it's because there's no comedic music or something as simple as that which i know which they did with donna's entrance oh yeah yeah they went straight with it 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 just oh yeah it's donna isn't it what yeah. am i about with martha of course it's yeah. donna yeah it just for me just didn't work at all yeah they don't capture the tone also i think it's so <laughs> when they're in the same room you, you have this line with that gamut where you can't go too far over the edge because viewers will just go well, this is ridiculous now. It's just ridiculous they're yeah. not seeing each other. I'm out of the joke. I also feel like, because in Donna's as well, they do find each other. Yeah. In, in, in the Romans, they don't. Yeah, they just go the whole way and then they're just like, oh, you did nothing. I was yeah. like, oh, well, Doctor, I won't hear any of it. Yeah. No, we won't even hear any of it, but we don't even try to tell him. Mm. It's just, It's just bad. Good old-fashioned Roman comedy. A Roman comedy where Ian and Barbara are both threatened with slavery. Yay! Slavery. Right, did, it, did you see the Ben-Hur remake? No. What's with Ben-Hur? There's a funny thing. There was a remake of Ben-Hur. Don't worry about it. It's a funny. There was a funny thing in that movie. It involved <laughs> slavery. That's why I bring it up. Um, and um, basically, if you if you know the plot of Ben Hur, the original movie and the remake, which won the original won a bunch of Oscars, um, there's a sort of prince and another prince, and they they want to be king, and then the the other prince steals the good prince's heir to it, and then throws him out, and he becomes a slave, and okay, loses threat, and then he has to fight back and win back and confirm who he is and win a chariot race. Yeah, uh, basically, in the remake, um, I'm. This is completely irrelevant, but I'm going to go with it anyway. Um, Morgan Freeman is in the remake of Ben-Hur, and he's literally only there to do his voice thing where he narrates stuff in a really epic way, right? Yeah. And there's a bit at the end where, for absolutely no reason, after... Um, bearing in mind, this is after a man wins a chariot race against a man. He says in his deep voice with complete seriousness, and so... Every child in the in the land was cured of leprosy, <laughs> as if as if God Himself had decided, no more leprosy. <laughs> he is so good at chariot racing. 
that there is no need for leopards. So going from chariot racing to something which you'll often see in a museum, of course, we're looking at number four. <laughs> the I Space know, Museum. The Space Museum for number four. I gave that away. I'm sorry. My attempt you did to, give that away a bit. Yeah, sorry. Oh, that's meant for your giveaway as well. You can do the next one. <laughs> yeah, that was meant to be mine. Yeah, <laughs> oh, well, whatever. I Let's talk mean... about the Space Museum quickly then. Um, so what's your number four? What's my number four? Um, my number four is not the Space Museum. It Ooh. is The Rescue. Ooh. So I'll be honest with you. The Space Museum is only at my number four is because it's a bit forgettable. I can, I can sort of get with that. There are a lot of elements that are forgettable of it. Like... I just, I just remember... I just remember us having to do a re-record and neither of us remember it at all what happened. Yeah, it kind of is in one ear out the other because some bits of it are really memorable. Like the whole thing where they see each other in the sort of embalmed as, as artefacts in the museum. The, the first episode where they're kind of parallel times, they're not sure what's going on is an interesting setup and they go into that through that whole debate about predetermination and choice. And it's an interesting thing to explore. But then the actual underpinning of the episode is just the same formula that we've become very used to and not done particularly well either. Yeah, it, it's just the same things. Why is for Rescue your number four? It's my number four because it's a bit of, it's a, bit of a filler and it is just a two-parter. Yeah. Um, I like aspects, but they don't introduce Vicky particularly well, which is really the point of the episode, right? Yeah. So if they're not doing that well, then I can't give it too much. Everything involving Coquillian Bennett, for varied reasons, is good, including yeah. his death, which, yeah. regardless of what of how bad it is, is very good. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, it. It's kind of a fillery thing and there's not much world building. And I get it's two parts, you can't do much, but yeah. it doesn't stick out as much as some of the others do. There are good bits to it, but yeah, I think four is where it should have ended up. Okay, do you want to reveal your number three after I gave away yours? Yeah, all right. Uh, yeah, so we're on the podium now. Yeah. Folks. Third place. And my third place... <laughs> <laughs> it's the space museum why is space museum in your third place because I, I if i say it's third place i kind of have to say stuff i like about it but yeah. i already kind of said it which yeah. is they introduce that concept they kind of explore it and they do resolve it at the end yeah which so they they don't drop it yeah, which is a running theme of Doctor Who at the moment, is it just drops the main idea when it just can't be bothered to finish it. The museum curator isn't particularly memorable, but it's kind of fun. And yeah. the whole concept of a space museum is interesting. And, you know, there are some mad things going on in there. Like the whole, um, you can only open the armoury with pure truth. <laughs> which is just strange who. And you have to block the um, particular light beam. You can't just hold down yeah, the button. Yeah, well. Or do voice command. Alexa, this is my truth. <laughs> Alexa, this is my truth. I think yeah. Alexa knows more than what we consider to be the truth. Okay. What is your number three, Owen? For rescue. Okay. Why is the rescue at three for you? 
I think once again it says more about the quality of this season yeah, than yeah. the quality of the episode. Um, for me, it's the first two-parter which actually does something good. Is one element of it because you've got Planet of True. Giants, Edge of Destructions, and neither of them can work. What the hell do in them runtime? Was the Planet of Giants a three? Oh yeah, it was a three, wasn't it? I think it was a three-parter. Yeah, it was a three-parter. Same situation applies. It doesn't know what to do, how to do with short runtime. Oh time. yeah, definitely. Um, um, it. It's memorable. I remember what happened. I loved the twist on it, even though I did spoil it for myself while watching it. I I felt it's a better way of... You don't like the introduction of Vicky, but it's better way of introducing Vicky than how they did Steven, for example, where oh, they yeah, just kind of... that's true. Coincidentally just turns up. I'm thinking, okay, I guess he does. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like it... As you're saying, it doesn't have that many elements, but the elements it does have is done well. Yeah, I'm willing to go with a lot of that. I mean, I, I think the thing with Vicky is her introduction is really, really average. And with Steven, I, I mean, obviously his introduction to the chase isn't particularly great, but it's because it's so rushed. Yeah. By that. When you actually get to see him properly in an episode, he does get introduced quite well. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it's a very, it's a decent story, which is which is more than you can say for a few of them uh, this season. Yeah, that that's what I mean. It. It says more about for season two than the rescue, to be honest. Yeah, I think so. So so now we're on to the top two. Do you want to say what your top two, your top, your second place is? I think we're going to agree pretty much exactly with these last two. I, do you want to I say your two? I do have a sense. Yeah, let's, let's do it. Uh, my number two is the time meddler. So is mine. Yeah. It's... Well, let's talk about time. I mean, I know we talked about it yeah. last week, but let, let us reflect on what is a very decent Doctor Who episode. I think compared to all the other parts of this season, it is the most solidly enclosed in itself. It knows its limits. It knows where it's going. It does it efficiently in an interesting way. And it knows how to end itself. So this one was written by Dennis Spooner, who did the Romans as well, out of yeah. interest. And the difference between kind of how the Romans is very comedic and almost felt limited in that front to the way the time meddler is allowed to explore different ideas. Yeah. And kind of plays in different tones. Like there are some comedic elements and some dramatic elements and it kind of plays plays around a bit. And it just shows that the, the quality of the writing is, is much better than perhaps you, the Romans would see you think. Yeah. Dennis Spooner also uh, wrote one of the lost episodes, which is the Reign of Terror. I think he becomes a script editor at one point. Does he actually? I might be wrong. I'm going to check if he does anything in the uh, in the next season. Actually, oh, okay, he does. He does half of um, Master Plan, which I won't give away. Okay, the first part of that title, yeah, and that is it apparently for that season at least. So he doesn't write a full story, but the Time Meddler is particularly well written. He he was script editor from the, for Rescue to the Chase. Oh wow! So he is script editor before actually Meddler. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. He just he has a good handle on the show. He pushes it into a different direction while also honouring what makes the previous good. Um, he has the job of introducing Stephen, and he does a pretty decent job of it. Now that he's got time to do it. Mm. I know, I know. You think that the gamut of him thinking, "Oh, 
this can't be time travel is kind of tires and it does but at least it's justified by the mm. story and the cleverness of having things from different times pop up not only serves for us to be confused but for him to be confused so you're doing two two purposes with that yeah the monk is the best character the best humanish character in the whole series mm-hmm. the interplay between him and the doctor is some of the best stuff in the whole series writing wise Vicky has to take it, which is good. And like I said way earlier in the show, the setting is really decent, and I quite like living in that world. Yeah. So, so lots think, of good stuff to say about it. So I think for the first time we can safely say this. What is so good to overcome that glowing review? Hmm. What can beat that glowing review, James? Well, um... I think it's your turn to reveal, isn't it? The number one, yes. officially, even though everyone knows. It is. For Planet of Giants. Absolutely. The thing with Planet of Giants <laughs> is that by, cre- by, by telling two stories in one, it gives you double the excitement of a Who serial. But in half the time. Um, no, it, 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 has, <laughs> it has to be the Dalek invasion of Earth. Yeah, 100%. It, it's the first one which truly... Honestly, it starts to feel like modern Who, quite frankly. Yeah, it's got terrific, amazing pacing for for side characters. I can remember their names. Yeah, <laughs> we've got Tyler. You've got Ian, not Ian, David. Yeah, David. And you've got oh, I say that I've completely forgotten his name for going for wheelchair. Oh yeah, damn it, damn it, damn it, damn it, damn it. Tell you what, I'm gonna go get. I'm gonna get it up, and I'm gonna give you like two guesses. Okay, but yeah, so. Also, it's an amazing way to bring back the Daleks, all the settings, the use of outside slots as well. It just, it just all makes such a beautiful episode to watch, and it's actually such an enjoyment to watch. Do you have it, James? I I do have his name. Yeah, do you want to have a crack at it? Dortman. Yes, it is. I remembered it as soon as you said it. Clever. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, what I'd say about it is not much different to what you'd say, but. I think it has all of the foundational elements that make a great Doctor Who story. It's got a great setting. It's got fantastic villains, of course. I mean, with the Daleks, you can't really go wrong. Uh, Well, I think for Chase proved you can. You you can, (laughs) but not with the Daleks themselves. The Daleks are the Daleks, right? If you've got them in there, they have their own kind of allure. But yeah, you can mess everything else up around them if you want. Yeah. I mean, just look at the last episode of Doctor Who Modern. Uh, but yeah, there are just there are so many great moments in in that episode. Like, every single part of that story has a great moment in it. Like the reveal of that first start when they come out of the Thames. Yeah. Or Barbara running over that Dalek, like I mentioned before. I think the thing as well, which is worth mentioning about the Dalek invasion of Earth, it manages to does all of this while their main actor is disabled and has to sit down for one episode and has to mm. not be there for the second episode due to a back injury. Yeah, it doesn't manage. It still feels completely intact. Everything is given a reason to be there. Every character has their own story that is well laid out and allows the character to arc the side characters maybe don't arc so much but they're there to play a good role and you remember them 
the set pieces, considering the budget they were filming this on. And I know that with Dalek Invasion of Earth, they had a higher budget than on anything else, which will help. But still, what they achieve on that budget is fantastic. Yeah. Like the spacing inside that studio actually makes it feel massive and open, which we, which we haven't even had much before in, say, like the Time Meddler. It always feels like it's an enclosed, wooded area whenever they need to go outside. Yeah, the Dark Vision is one of those stories where it feels completely open. And, and the craziest thing is it actually has an impact beyond what you'd expect. I was talking to a friend the other day. I went for a five guys with a friend. I mentioned, I was, they were asking me about the podcast actually. And I mentioned um, how far we were and I, and they said, oh, I haven't watched much classic Doctor Who. Um, I have this really random memory, but am I right in saying that there is like one really old Doctor Who story where there's like a great big beastie thing with no real form and there's like Daleks about it. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, the beastie thing. Not that I can remember what it's called now. The sliver. But you remember. The sliver, that's it. But, but that shows you the impact it has on people who don't even watch Who know that. Yeah. It's, and no parts of the episode. It's a really good second episode for, let's be honest, a questionable season. Yeah, it's... It, I think... We're going to mention our season rankings, but it's fairly obvious at this point which season one is our best season so far and season two is the Oh, bottom. yeah, yeah. There's no real need to discuss that. Season one's a yeah. better season all round. Yeah. Um, honestly, out of these eight seasons which we have for this, eight episodes we have for this season, I'd only willingly go back to watch two of those episodes. Yeah, I'd For Dalek Invasion of Earth same. and for Time Meddler. Because, yeah, while, exactly. yes, I do like for Rescue. For Space Museum has its interesting points. That's just what, what they are. They're interesting points. Yeah, there are moments. Whereas with Time Meddler, you get a really nice story. And then with Dark Mage of Earth, you just get everything. And that's what sets it over, over Meddler, is it just does everything. And then the ending's phenomenal. I just, everything really works. So I think that comes to the end of season two. All round, I think it can safe to say it was a bit of a disappointment. It's a mixed bag, a hugely mixed bag with some, with two excellent highlights. Yeah, and the rest, rest, half of the rest is just a disappointment. There's two really good ones. I'd say there's two average ones, and then there's four that aren't particularly good. Outside of the top four, the rest are terrible. Yeah, everything really is a mess underneath four. Romans, for me at least, is probably the closest to not being a complete mess, <laughs> but it is still. And then the rest, yeah, there's no coming back from it. Yeah. So we're going to have next week off, as we normally do when we come to the end of the season. I say that we normally do as if we've done this routinely. This the end yeah, of the second season. Yeah, this is a season. tradition now, much like it's a tradition for Owen to shock the hell out of me with incredibly peppy <laughs> intro music that makes me lose my sh- but I think that's the end of this episode. So I hope you have yes. a good good week and a good week off. Uh, uh, yes, a good week off. Um, and then we'll be back with what is a slightly shorter season three because of, yeah, BBC tape issues. Yeah, so we've only got three episodes next season. Yeah, not, not a huge amount <laughs> to so talk we'll, about next season. We'll be back with a peppy intro very soon. <laughs> There is a danger of overplaying these things, Owen. No, there have there to never be is. moments. Yep. Okay. 
And don't worry, I've got plans to make the next one even better. May God have mercy on our souls. But until then, uh, thanks very much for listening to us to uh, this episode, wherever you are in the world and whenever you are in the world. And indeed, for listening to us the whole series, um, we'd be very, very happy if you joined us for the next season as well. And if you want to say anything about this episode or any of the other episodes you may or may not have listened to, you can tweet us at Black Archive Pod. Or if you prefer the old-fashioned way, you can email us as well. That's blackarchivepod at gmail.com. Congratulations, you've made it to the end of time. Well, just this episode, really. It's not that dramatic. But thanks very much for getting here. If you've liked what you heard, uh, you can get in touch with us on Twitter at blackarchivepod or via email at blackarchivepod at gmail.com. And, of course, remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.